they're not sports fans. Let's put it that way. They're not there for the sport. This is they're, the uh, they're they're there for the same reason that I may watch the surfer girl thing on uh, Amazon Prime as a documentary. I don't give a fuck about surfing, but hey, there's a bunch of young women on surfboards and bikinis. Uh, I can watch that. I don't care about the sport, but hey, all right, there's some young women far out. If they had a stadium where it was young women in bikinis, then you'd have a packed house. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. We had a text exchange the other day, and at one point you wrote, this is a quote, truly, I miss the days when photos of boobs gave me boners. It was a simpler time. Well, I mean, but but I challenged that because I sent you a photo of boobs. Yeah. Just to see, you know, and, and, and I know that, you know, my, my response was like, just to, yeah, I mean, you know, when, when you make, when you make a, a, a grand sort of, uh, domesticated, I don't even, I don't even get a boner when I look at titties anymore. Then, you know, you got to at least say, Oh, really? Because I do. I mean, you know, and I'm older than you and, uh, I still get the boners when I see titties. I love them. I love titties. So I sent you the thing just to see. And you're like, okay, all right. And then that reminds me of Bernadette Peters. And okay. And so I said, yeah, good. Your little wiener still, it's no, it's not useless. It's, it's functioning and just calm down. It's more the, um, the magic of the unknown, I think is really what it is. Like what, what I meant by, yeah, uh, you know, photos giving me boners is <laughs> or not <laughs> is yeah. This is a this yeah. is a heavy topic. The world is burning topic. down before our very eyes, but this is what we're going to talk about today. Well, but when, we can thank us later, Brandon Bruce. But when the dust settles, yeah, and, and we have to rebuild our society again, we're going to have to find a way to give kids boners again make boners great again is you know and well there's a you know i'm running on you know and i think that's i think that's a good platform yeah when you were like 13 and you could you know like your friend's dad you found your friend's dad old dad's old playboys or whatever and you sneak away and you're like oh my god this boys and it like because like naked women whoa you you haven't seen them other than like maybe your mom accidentally when you were like five, you know? Yeah. You know, and then you start to like come across boobs in real life and you, you know, you get into, you know, sophomore year in college and you get to finally touch a boob under a bra or something. And it, it just, it, it changes the dynamic because then it's not, it's not like, Oh, what's under, the, Oh, now I know. So it's cool. And oh, like, okay. I want to get more of it. And then you get married and then there's 
boobs all around because it's just like you're constantly naked and you know you share a bathroom and all this other stuff and then they have kids or you have kids which i know you haven't experienced yet but then the boobs become nothing else yet entirely and to me it's just like yeah i've seen boobs they're great but you know eh. like beer is great dude you know all right here's let me share this with you let me share this with you because i because I think, I think, I, I I hear you, and I don't know if I've ever been there. Let me just say and this really quickly like, about Bernadette, oh, oh, okay. Peter's, uh, Bernadette, uh, Peter's boobs. Those are magical and f- will forever be magical for, for two reasons. Three reasons. The first two are the boobs themselves, obviously. Yeah. The second reason that they're magic still and always will be is that I ain't never going to see them. I'm never going to spend time with them. I'm never, you know. Why limit yourself like that? Because I'm, look, man, I'm married. Dare to, no, dare to dream. Dare to dream. I don't know. Maybe, like, I guess I could put, like, on my, you know, get out of jail free card, like, celebrity, you know. You could do, like, a make a wish. You could, if you got cancer, you could do a make a wish. Say, could I just, could could Bernadette Peters just show up and, and motorboat me please yeah you know i mean and that's a big that's a good make a wish but i want more like like 1983 bernadette peters versus yeah then it gets a little know, more complicated yeah yeah what year is this 2027 no what year is it 20, it's the year of the year of the burning down planet oh you know that's the best year in the chinese calendar is the year that it is down. it's crazy yeah i'm sorry you really no, that, that, no, well, the, the, it's one of the things that, and, and, and I, I've thought about it, and, and maybe it is. I've read this article about a guy that, that decided his magazine, Slate magazine, basically said, <clears throat> we want you to go out and for a week be just like Mike Pence and, and, and avoid women and avoid women that are not your girlfriend for a straight week. And this guy is, a, he, he, he confesses, yeah, his friendship base, his social, circle about 65% men, 35% women. He's like, so he's going to do this. Now it's a funny article. I can't take it that seriously, but I thought it was pretty yeah, funny. It's, it's that, meant to be taken that seriously. No, it's yeah. Well, it's slate, so it could be anything. But <laughs> what I, what I like about his perspective is that the, the, he, he's like day, day one, day two, you know, and by day three, he's like, he can feel his inner caveman coming out and he's becoming slovenly and, and doing sports bets. And it's, you know, so there's that going on. And I've kind of, you know, it's, I, I, the reason I thought it was kind of funny is I, I identify a little bit in that, okay, I am, you know, I'm single and I don't really, I, I have no intention of, of, uh, like dating anybody in Wichita. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, one of the reasons is I don't want to get a girlfriend in Wichita that will make me want to stay in Wichita, I, you know, it's like, I, I, I don't need that, you know? And, and, and the other thing is that the, you know, let's, let's just kick ass up to Chicago then. Well, no, the, the thing about it is the other thing is that, that I, I fundamentally, and you know, I'm not going to, Hey, do you <laughs> Wichita, Kansas, you do your thing. I don't, I'm not, I, it's, it is definitely, I don't think it's, I'm judging them. It's that I have a, a high bar. Of dis- I have a high degree of discrimination about what does and does not appeal. And the women in Wichita uh, do not, they do not. I like women with teeth. I don't want them to look like they came out of a Walmart in their fucking Uggs. I, you know, it's just not my thing. And I, I, you know, do you, but 
here's the thing I think is interesting is there is a when I, and the same thing when I happened when I had my second divorce, I did the same thing, which was there was a point after the divorce, after I'd had that period of like, <sighs> where my screensaver became a series no. of pictures of, of young naked women. Jesus Christ. And dude, I did that. I did that this time. Just pictures that you can find on the internet of models of hot young women of just all these hot dicks, tits, all this kind of stuff. And here's the interesting thing is at some point this time, you know, because I should be right. Most people would say I should be embarrassed that I even admitted that I did that. Yeah, However, I don't know if you should. I, I decided, no, I decided to lean in. And so now my screensaver and my desktop on my iMac is a rotation of hot naked women. And I realized, why should I be embarrassed about that? I'm a red-blooded American male. I'm heterosexual. I like looking at tits. I like to touch them. I like to put them in my mouth, but I really like to look at them. I love tits. I love tits. And I don't have to talk to these women. I don't have to hear them bitch about my habits. None of them are late. They're just women. They're tits. It's and, and here's the thing I thought was very funny. I just wrote this from what I believe is that the same women who were highly offended being objectified in their twenties are dying yeah. to be objectified in their fifties. In so one, the whole way or another, whether it's an objectification yeah. of their bodies or an objectification of just, I mean, it's a social, that's a social they, media. Dude, dude, there's 50 there, women in their fifties. If there's not a, an entire like, Co cohort of women in their 50s who do everything they can to make sure that they're publishing thirst traps on Instagram yeah. and Facebook. They're, here's me, here's me post 52 in a bikini. Then they're <laughs> desperate for you to, they're desperate for you to notice that they're still beautiful. Well, here's the thing. If you know, and I get, like I said, I completely understand why. Oh, well, in your 20s, don't you look at my body? My body's not your object to look at. Well, here's the thing the women that took these pictures, these aren't like random, like, oh, here's a here's a peekaboo picture of somebody through their fucking window. They didn't know these are professional women who get paid to they want you to see their naked body. Huh. That's why they took the pictures. So why is there something I don't think there's anything wrong with me? No, there's you want to look at those things. I like it. I will be, dude, while I'm working at my computer about half the time, all of a sudden, one of those pictures will come up and I'll go, oh, look at those nipples boner. I'm like, all right. But it doesn't still, actually. It still works. So there's there's two things here. Uh, <laughs> it's not that, it's not about the mechanics of like the getting the boner. Although it was as a kid, like things got you more excited mm. because you were a kid and it was new and you were. The wind blew and you got a boner. Exactly. For me, it's it's the magic, and this is the problem that I struggle with as getting older and like just experiencing life. Is that the magic the magic starts to dwindle? You know, like I was saying, like the boobs are kind of like beer now. Like I still I sound like fucking. I can't. Hang on, boobs hang on. are like beer now. I, I sound see, like. I look at it. I look at a pair of spectacular tits, and it just reduces me to uh just like a monkey. I'm going to sound like Justice Kavanaugh here when I say this, because, <laughs> you know, I like beer. I still like beer. Automatic. But when beer, when I was like, 
when did I start drinking? Like 17, when I started drinking beer. When it was like, oh, let's let's get some beer. We have to find a, uh, you know, someone to buy it for us, and we can't really sneak it. Or like even in college, like oh, we can't be drinking on campus. It's like there was a magic to like being underage and not just being able to walk into a bar and get an order of beer, order twelve beers. Now there's magic to that that I can do now. It's just a little different because I've seen them. I know what they do. I can get them anytime I want. But yeah, I guess there's still like the mystery of like other women's like boobs I'll never touch, like Bernadette Peters, 1984. So basically, what you're saying is that your sexuality as a heterosexual man, your sexuality is predicated on you not being able to have it. You don't like the beer as much because you can't carry it out. And Oh, but we have to have somebody else buy it. That makes it exciting. It's not the beer itself. It's sort of the excitement. You, you, only you don't get carried. You only want what you can't have. And Ooh, I guess, I don't know if I was ever like that. Well, I'm just, I don't think it's, uh, get away from your mental illness. Uh, who gives a fuck? It's healthy or not. That's just normal. It's neurodiversity. Jeez. Yeah, I got you. Jesus. But yeah, that's the thing is like, I've never had it. I mean, it's like, cause I remember again, you and Dana, very similar in a lot of ways. One of the things I know, I, I know you hate to hear that, but one of the things that uh, always drove me a little nuts was that, you know, there, and there is that sort of like, I, is it an old man thing to say, Hey, I like this bar and I like this restaurant and I like, you know, so I, this where I'm going to go. Right. That, that, you know, I found something comfortable. I'm going to do that thing. Yeah. Um, or she didn't want to go to the same bar ever once she'd been there it was like oh i want to experience everything now i didn't realize at the time it was because she was looking for a customer base but that's totally different um but you know that was that that's one of the things is like i'm not out looking for and and i guess that's how i, I don't even think it's a justification i just think it's just the, the way it is i'm not out looking for 25 year old naked women to date because the wit the kind of women that that are in these pictures are like my ex-wife. And I didn't mean they're all whores. It means that this is Dana was a, 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 a model. dude model, you know? And, and so I realized that there's a lot of baggage that comes with, Hey, I'm comfortable getting naked and having you take pictures of me and a bunch of strangers see it. That's got its own baggage. And I'm okay with that. It's fine. I don't want to live with that anymore. I did. I don't want to live with it, but I don't mind. I like looking at, the, I, I think, I think the, the female body, a pair of tits and a good, not fully shaved, but trimmed beaver. It's, this is just, this is, it's, it's miraculous. And how anybody could try to make you feel bad for enjoying the miracle of like, you know, I was doing a concert. I was doing a concert the other day and a woman walked by. And I didn't even see her face. I just, you know, because there's a bunch of people going to this concert, you know, and I'm doing a text to win thing. And she walks by and I don't know what the fuck, but her legs, you know, all I saw was her front. It wasn't even the ass. It was like this short kind of dress that was, and her legs were so goddamn amazing that I actually had to go because she walked past out of my, and I did, I did the thing where I'd leered. I, I wasn't like, yeah. but I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta yeah, look at those legs again. Yeah, no, I gotta look at those legs again. Cause that seems otherworldly in sort of a miraculous way. I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at a woman and saying, 
or for that matter, a man, I guess, if you're into that, um, and going, God damn, that shit. There's a reason that Brad Pitt is objectified and I am not. Yeah, well, there's a reason that we all objectify. I mean, like, I'm okay with that. We're attracted I'm okay with to that. what we're attracted to. And yeah. I mean, look, man, I'm I'm with you. Like, I I God, I sound like fucking Kavanaugh. I like boobs. Still like boobs. <laughs> I love boobs. You know, no, I never drank boobs to black out. Um what is it? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, look, I've I've leered. I still think I think it's it's just this. The it's not that I don't want what I can't have. I just want a little mystery. Like I would much rather, even as a kid, like I I preferred like Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue to like Penthouse. Oh no, Penthouse everywhere, all the way, penthouse. all the way. Give me the give me a Penthouse. Uh, but like the Sports Illustrated was like, ooh, what, what's under there? What there's something, just see, a maybe a little mysterious, which I so basically. Yeah, you like the you like the mystery. I I've seen enough live tits, and you know had enough live sex with real people, um, not AI or, or or like a Japanese sex doll. Um, and you're missing out. I've had enough of that. That 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 the only mystery that is the only mystery, and that's what I find when I'm like choosing my photos, and I haven't done this in a while because I'm just kind of like I did. I I spent. I spent like a weekend going, I want naked pictures on my computer Wah! and did all that. But what I've recognized is the different, what, what makes a difference to me is, and this is, and maybe this is my damage is they got to have a pretty face. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want, I want to see the hot body and, and it doesn't matter if they're like super fit or if they're, you know, just sort of like doughy, whatever it is. They got big tits, small tits. Any tits are good for me. Yeah. I like them all. Um, but it's about what their face looks like in the picture. If they're pretty, if they're not pretty, if it's not the face I like or a kind of face I like, then then it doesn't matter how attractive the body is. Yeah. And that says something to me about what I'm attracted to. Yeah, I'm the same and way. uh you know, and 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 so I, you know, it's like you know, but that's the thing is I don't, you know, I mean. That's you know that's the thing is uh, when I dated uh, Alice, she was a little chubby, but uh, I mean she was a little chubby, and but that didn't matter because I I found her face. She, I just couldn't get enough of that fucking face. Those eyes just made me melt. Yeah, and then and that was in terms of my sex life with that was the most consistently excellent sex of my entire life. Unfortunately, it was that crazy toxic. We kind of love each other, hate each other. So we're going to fuck our brains out kind of sex, which is really fun, except that you hated each other. You know, you have to fuck for 20 minutes and then the rest of the 23 hours and 20 minutes of the day, you kind of despise each other. That's not a very healthy relationship. So I had to get out of that. I mean, I'm always going to send you when I come across it, you know, the, the Salma Hayek thirst traps mm-hmm. that she posts on Instagram on the, the occasion that I, I'm scrolling through Instagram, which I still do every now and again. Um, or if, you know, if they're sent to me by friends who, <laughs> <laughs> but like to your point, like Salma knows what she's doing and she yeah. should, and she is a superhuman. Like 
1970s Linda Carter, you know, Wonder yeah, Woman. Like, yeah. That will always. Uh, I think I would take, yeah, 70s Linda Carter over 80s Bernadette. See, and, and, and see, and that's the thing is that says something about your body type is that your ideal are these, you know who my, you're the big titty, like glamorous, you know who my ideals are? If we're going to go for the 70s, who, who are the, like, who I would take in the 70s? Tell me. Lindsay, Lindsay Wagner and Kate Jackson. Lindsay Wagner. Lindsay Wagner. She was the bionic woman. Yeah. And, and, and Kate Jackson was a Charlie's angel. She was a smart Charlie's yeah. angel. And it has everything. I like them brunette slightly. You know, I like the brunette. I don't, I don't, I don't want great big tits, but I want, you know, they could be medium sized tits. They could be medium too. But in my mind, in my mind, they have to be like fucking pencil eraser nipples, not too big an aerial. I mean, you know, it's just, yeah. and I, and the thing is, yes. Am I objectifying uh, these women? Yes. In the same way that I would objectify a beer. Do I like a heavily hoppy IPA? No, if it's too much hops, then it's just not a very tasty beer, but you'll drink it. Yeah. I'll drink it. You know, but I don't Carter, like in real life, like her body, like she's, she's too tall for my preference, you know, like yeah. too tall. Um, but like, if I could scale it down, you know, <laughs> if she was a midget Linder Carter, <laughs> yeah, she'd lock. The thing is, if you lopped off about three, three inches off of her, she'd gain weight. Cause that's how it works. Like this, like you have to bring yeah. it down to scale. Okay. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're doing a yeah, constraint scale. Got it. Yeah. Um, it's constraint proportion. Who else? I, I don't know who else might, I, I guess I'd. Yeah, Linda Carter's kind of a. I mean, she's fucking Wonder Woman. Well, the, you know, you know, like, yeah. So okay, so Natalie Portman on the other side. Yeah, yeah, you're really in it. Yeah, I see Natalie Portman because we're the, the same age. Is, so I, and she was, you know, eleven or twelve in the. You've got that. You, yeah, you've got that thing. The thing is, I, I, and, and you know, I guess that's just one of the things. I think Natalie Portman's pretty. I've never, uh, like. God, God, I want to see her naked. Doesn't matter. I mean, if there were naked pictures of Natalie Portman, I might look, but I'm not. That's not. She doesn't. She doesn't rock me, and it's because I kind of like them. I like them. It's sort of like it, uh, what I want in my life. If if you know, it's like there's the horror Madonna kind of thing that oh, every male wants is a whore by night and a Madonna, you know, whatever. What I want, lady on the streets, the sheets thing. No, no. What see? That's a, yeah. That's not what I want. What I want, I had is sort of like a, like a, a dirty librarian. Ha! You know, she's like she works in a library, but then when you see her at the beach, she's got tattoos, like really nice tattoos, and you know, and she, you know, oh, you know, and the thing is, that's my type. It, ultimately, that's the set. If there's a set, and I don't think it's that set. So, but if there's a really sad thing, is in 2014, I found my perfect woman. Yeah. And married her and everything about it was like, cause she didn't have big, you know, I, but, but what it boiled down to was, uh, there was more dirty than there was librarian. And, 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 and then when we got to Vegas, uh, that dirty took over and she just had, uh, 
Yeah. You know, I mean, she, I mean, she sold her body for money. So I was like, wow, oh, well, all right. That's not again. And I've said this before. It's not that she, she was prostitute is that she didn't tell me. Yeah. She didn't even give me a chance to say, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe we could come up with a business plan or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, I didn't even get that opportunity. It was just like, Oh yeah, I've been fucking dudes for two and a half years for money. And I didn't tell you. Yeah. Okay. So that's the dirty took over the librarian part, but that's my type. I like them tattooed. I like them, you know, and, and but I really, really, it boils down to pretty face smart. You got to be smart. That's the librarian part. I like pretty face smart and good shape, good shape to scale. Yeah. Yeah. Good shape to scale. Yeah. We are the most objectifying motherfuckers alive. Whether that's the Amazonian Linda Carter or that's, you know, Little Natalie Portman. Um, little. Like, <laughs> gross. And now, Warsack of the News. Do you know who Stephen A. Smith is? No. Okay. It's, you need to watch more ESPN, apparently. So, ESPN. I don't ever. Host on ESPN. Uh, this is your first headline Stephen A. Smith, a grown man. Praises Taylor Swift concert after dropping $20,000 on tickets for himself, daughters, and her friends. So what's wrong with that? I mean, it, uh, other than the fact that it's super expensive, it's like, you know, it's like he bought tickets for his daughters and, and really went along so he could leer at young women who are his daughter's age, but are not his daughter's. Yeah, let me read you this quote from his from this story. <laughs> I have two daughters. Teenagers have friends, he explained on a recent episode of his Stephen A. Smith show. And so when your dad is perceived as having money and you got daughters that open their mouths and promises them that daddy's going to get them tickets. Ladies and gentlemen, I had to get 10 tickets. Them damn things was 2000 apiece. Two times 10 is altogether now $20,000. But he continued to call the show... The best concert I've been to my whole life. And he would throw money like that down again to see. Well, that's because he was, he was surrounded by a bunch of excited, hyperventilating teenage girls. Of course, you know, it's, it's like, Oh, do you go, do you go to the gold club West in Atlanta and throw down for some lap dances? Or do you go to a Taylor Swift concert so that all these mouth breathing fucking 18 year old girls are like, Okay, either way, it's you know, there's that feminine energy. Yeah. It's that non-Mike Pence feminine energy. I don't I'm not going to spend $2000 for a Taylor Swift concert. However, I do uh recognize her, you know, she, her talent. I mean, she's, yeah, she's a talented songwriter and I mean, the thing the thing I love I just to point out, the thing I love about a Taylor Swift concert is um she's a shitty dancer. I've never seen her dance. I well, I've seen I've seen a few videos, and she is she's awkward. She's an awkward dancer. She does not have some. Da- Wasn't she no Beyonce off video? That yeah, whole yeah. But that, the think. thing, but the thing is, it doesn't matter. And I actually think that's kind of. I find it a little bit charming that she's 
she's sort of clumsy and can only pose. She does. She's, she's not a very good dancer, but she's a great singer. And she's yeah. doing this. What is this Ares concert? It's like a four hundred and five hour concert where she's on her feet the whole time. Yeah, doing. You know, it's like you know, you gotta you gotta give props where you yep. get props. Maybe that's maybe that is worth two thousand dollars. You know, what I mean? maybe it is worth that. Not to me, but I'm make that. I'm, I'm down for that. Well, but how much of that is the bullshit Ticketmaster? You know, raping your wallet. Oh, you know. so much. So much of it. All right, so here's one for you. Um, in more exciting feminine energy news, coming to Kansas City, the first stadium built solely for pro women's sports. You know, I, I, it's going to make me sad that that they that, that. I mean, how many seats does it have? Seven. No, um, I gotta say because then. Well, if it has seven seats, it might be successful. Because if it's got any more than thirty seats, they're going to have a half house full for every fucking thing. That has always been the problem: is people don't go to. I mean, they, they maybe you watch it on TV, but you nobody says, "Hey, this woman's team is playing this woman's team. Let's get tickets like we would the Bulls." It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry, and, and I'm not. Here's what's yeah. great about this. So, um. Uh, they're, they're talking to a, oh, who is this person? Um, Hannah Glass. I guess she's a professional soccer player. Um, okay. She's quoted in this story as saying, I'm so excited and nervous at the same time. To have a fully packed stadium just there to watch us will be so cool. Now, I'll, I'll give you the details of like what what's in the stadium and what a fully packed stadium would look like. But to assume... You're going to have a fully packed stadium, whether it's seven seats or 70,000 seats. You're not, I, come on. <laughs> I mean, if it's a stadium, the white if Sox it's a stadium, this always yeah, a fully it, packed stadium. If it's a stadium with that's the size of like a Chicago off loop black box theater, yeah, they're still only going to get 20%. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. Only 20% of the people that are going to buy tickets to a sporting event are going to see an exclusively all-female bunch of shit. And the ones, and of those 20%, 5% are leering perverts. Guys. Yeah, they're perverts. Yeah. Well, I don't think watch, hey, I want to go pay my $15 to watch a bunch of hot chicks, you know, like play volleyball on the sand. I don't think that's perverted. So, but. This They're not sports fans. Let's put it that way. They're not there for the sport. This is they're, the uh, they're, they're there for the same reason that I may watch the surfer girl thing on uh, Amazon Prime as a documentary. I don't give a fuck about surfing, but hey, there's a bunch of young women on surfboards and bikinis. I, I can watch that. I don't care about the sport, but hey, all right. Listen, young women, far out. If they had a stadium where it was young women in bikinis, then you'd have a packed house, but not a bunch of fucking lesbians kicking balls around. It's not going to happen. So there are going to be, um, what are they calling for? Let's, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, um, it'll seat 11,500 people for the opening, but this could possibly extend to 22,000 seats. They're never going to get 22,000 people to sit in that fucking place. There's going to be so many unused seats. Yeah. But they've also got a, um, it, the stadium will look out into the tranquil waters of the Missouri River. 
It boasts two oh, of the, uh, Wait a minute. Of and, the Missouri River? Yeah. Holy shit. I did. I just, you know, I don't need boobs for boners. That yep. just gave me a boner. Come on. I chubbed up. Missouri River. Speaking of young women, you can get chubbed up over. <laughs> this poor woman. I just, ah, man. Britney Spears breaks silence following Sam Asgari divorce filing. Quote, couldn't take the pain anymore. This is in People Magazine. They confirmed Wednesday that the couple had split after just 14 months of marriage. You know, I'm, the thing is, what I, you know, you know who Britney Spears reminds me of? And I, and I do. I, to this day, I think it's the saddest motherfucking thing I ever heard. She reminds me of Anna Nicole Smith. In that, she is great fodder. Her mental illness, her inability to cope as a human being in the real world is so compelling that we just, oh, we can't, we can't, we can't stop writing stories about her troubles. We can't stop. Oh, she shaved her head and now she's back and she's got a mom by, but she's in blah, blah, blah. And then when she fucking kills herself, we don't go, oh, it's our fault. It's our fault. Just like Anna, we don't go, oh, she killed herself. And it partly was because we couldn't stop talking about her and her mental illness. We didn't help her. We didn't, we glommed on. And, and so, yeah, I look at Britney Spears and I don't, I don't really engage in the news about her. I, I you know, I feel bad for her because, you know, she was, I remember Britney Spears. She was hot. She did her thing. And then she lost her mind. And, you know, it's okay. It's like, I, it's sad. Dude, and if you like read I the story, I can't look at think She's well, and this is like, no, you know, she's I'm not. Like, I'm not a sociologist, but when you use that many exclamation marks in your Instagram post about how you're not going to get into why you got divorced. Yeah. But then the post just continues and continues and continues and continues with all the stuff I, that dude, you're not going to talk about. Dude, it's the, you know, I find, I find that entire gossip train about mentally ill people. And we've kind of, you know, we've kind of lost our way where, where, where we're listening to the most mentally ill people on the planet as they tell us how we're supposed to behave and speak. And it's like, when I go, when I go out here to, you know, to the corner of Broadway and fucking Douglas and find a, a homeless person and say, what political stance do you think I should take? It's like, you're a fucking nun. You're, you're insane. You've lost your brain. You, you're, you know, whatever it happens to be. I'm not saying I should, I'm not judging you negatively, but I'm not going to fucking take your word for it. Well, <laughs> Hey, ins insane person. What do you think I could, should get for lunch today? <laughs> Raccoon. No, no, I'm not going to do that. I, no, I'm not doing, I'm not taking your advice so why would i want to have i feel bad for britney spears because she's obviously mentally unstable in a big way she has every good reason to be mentally unstable given her family experience and we just can't want we can't stop looking at the car wreck yeah and just like anna nicole smith when she finally kills herself then there'll be she lived a life like a candle on the wind. You know, oh, we feel so bad. But fuck, you had all the opportunity to save her or help her in some way. Yeah. And what you did was you wrote stories about her. Yep. Fuckers. All right. This is in. <laughs> <laughs> in Christian couples, I would like to see fuck. 
As Rosalind turns 96, the Carters continue to defy the odds. You know Rosalind. I want to see her. Yeah, I know exactly who it is, but I was expecting somebody hot that you'd like to see fuck. I do not want to see those people fuck. Dude, are you I mean, kidding? come on. Look, man, the best sex is sex that is based in love, like like intense, intense love. And Jimmy. Yeah, but I don't want to watch it. That's like. Oh, hey. And they're 96. Dude, 96. She just turned 96 yeah. on Friday have you, last week. Have, have you seen, have you seen the Disney? Yeah, I know. Like, like the old Disney classic, like the black and white classic of Bones dancing. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I don't need to. I don't need to watch that in the flesh. I don't need to do that. I'm sorry. However, I do appreciate. Here's the thing, and it's like I appreciate that they're uh, that they're. They, you know, I think anybody in their 90s is. But you know, here's the thing I think is interesting about uh, Jimmy and Rosalind. They're fucking old as dirt. They are old as dirt. They're doing, but they're, they're no, I mean, but they're no longer, but they're no longer in leadership positions. And almost all of Congress is just as fucking almost, yeah. almost just as fucking old as they are. And, and they're running the goddamn country. At least Jimmy Carter got out when he was still, you know, could piss standing up. I do. I tell you this though. And I, I absolutely mean it. I do not. I, it might sound funny. It might sound like I'm being glib about our democratic process. I'm not. If Jimmy Carter were to run for president of the United States again, yeah. he would 1,010% have my vote. Oh, I'd, I'd vote for him. He's the best president in my lifetime. This is one of the like, my, my journalistic rules. Like, you know, from when I was a journalist, like I do not donate to campaigns. I do not campaign for any political uh, person. I don't put signs in my yard. None of that shit. Yeah. But if Jimmy Carter were to run for president... So I, I my yard, I would donate. I would be out on the fucking trail. I would drive his bus and wipe his ass on the campaign trail for that guy. Yep. I drive the bus. Fine. You can drive. I'll wipe. That's fine. Okay. Fair enough. And, ah, uh, this is, this is not, this just isn't good. This isn't good. Your headline, <laughs> uh, essential California week in review. First ever tropical storm watch issued for Southern California. First ever tropical storm watch issued. For Southern California, pissed off Mother Nature, dying Mother Nature's coming for the West Coast, baby. Oh yeah, well that I mean, two things that I I, I wrote for my I believe uh, that will be coming out this afternoon. Let me find them. Uh, one is uh, I understand, I believe that the naming of hurricanes and tropical storms um, is apolitical. Yes, yeah, it's tough. But come on, man. Hillary, uh, really? Like nobody went. Hey, maybe you shouldn't call it Hillary. I mean, well, it, but I'm it's sorry. Fair, it's fair that Hillary is going to destroy California because California will fear Hillary. Hillary. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, they already did. And then the other thing I wrote is that with the, I believe that with the coming of extreme weather and you know the end of life on the planet as we know it, insurance companies might want to rethink rethink strategy because I'm telling you. I mean, there's just, I mean, you know, these, your, your house, California coast, there's wildfires, there's mudslides. Now there's a fucking hurricane coming over to knock your house down. The insurance companies did not plan on actually having to pay you that they don't want to pay you. And now half of California, and those are expensive homes in an expensive real estate market. It's going to bankrupt half the goddamn insurance, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. It's a big scam, but whatever. The insurance company is going to bankrupt 
uh, Americans, like you can't get a house. You're going to be homeless. You can't get a house without insurance. Insurance is not going to insure you because we'll, we'll lose money. Yeah. That's your job. <laughs> like you're going to have to pay shit out. Like it's. Yeah. They're not going to just take up the Yeah. No. Well, the thing is, you know, and it, it was what I was talking to Donnie Smith uh, and, you know, I was like, so, you know, cause he's in, he's in LA. And so they're, you know, they're pulling in their yard furniture and, you know, all that kind of shit. And, you know, and, and, and he said, he said on the one end, he doesn't know if it's, there's a hurricane coming, LOL, mm-hmm. or there's a fucking hurricane coming. Well, he and his wife are on different sides of it because Donnie's from Chicago. So you don't think about hurricanes. So he's like, I don't know how seriously I should take this. Mimi is from Miami. And she's like, no, 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 no. They have fucking metal shutters on their windows for a reason. I mean, she's like, she's battening down the hatches. Yeah. And Donnie's like, yeah, really? Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Your final headline this week in uh, they paved paradise with fire. Maui emergency chief resigns yeah. after criticism for response to deadly wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said, I didn't set off the alarms to warn people that there was going to fire. It was going to burn their faces off because I was afraid that if I put the alarms off, they'd run into the fire. What kind of bullshit is that? I, this has like, I get str- it's crazy. Stupid. Uvalde, Texas law enforcement vibes. from Yeah. This. Like it's, I'm afraid it's, to do my job. The one thing I'm supposed to do, I'm I don't. Yeah, literally, the one thing that I have to do is ring the goddamn bell so everybody knows. Hey, it's yeah. this is bad, and he doesn't ring the bell. And his excuse is, I was afraid. I read this, and I, I my jaw dropped. I was afraid that if I rang the bell, that people would panic and run into the fire instead of into the ocean which is the dumbest fucking thing i ever heard well he says the public is trained to seek higher ground in the event that the siren is sounded noting that sirens are most used for tsunamis and other disasters so i i Mm. get that but you know what you do all right i didn't read that i didn't read that that's true is you very quickly and this is hard these jobs are fucking hard when shit like this happens but this is the kind of stuff you should be trained for you find a different way to communicate this is a fire I know it's weird, guys. I know it's weird. It's not a water-based event. Yeah. Uh, don't run into the fire. Don't the, it, like, like you have to find. What like, it, what it, I'll be honest with you. What, what it reminds me of, and people just are not, and we need to get more prepared for this kind of shit because it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. But it reminds me of when uh, I was uh, working as the front of house manager of Millennium Park, and we had the Blues Fest, and you know you have those metal structures, those metal lattice, and the the pretty much one of the first things I read when I got the job was here's the emergency procedures, and if there's a lightning storm coming, you got to get people out of the fucking park. You have to get them out of the park because if lightning strikes those things, people are going to die, right? <laughs> well, we had all of a sudden this giant storm that just hit. We had like 20,000 people in the park. And the guy who's running from the Department of Cultural Affairs, who's running the Blues Fest, I look at him and I said, we need to make an announcement. Do you want me to do it? Because I was the only one yeah. in the entire staff that had bothered to fucking read the emergency procedure. He says, no, I got it. And effectively, he gets on the microphone and says, there's a storm coming. Run. Are you a fucking moron? And of course they did. They ran. And and so then I spent two hours in this torrential fucking rainstorm, making sure everybody got out of the park safely in bottlenecks and stuck in things. And, and that's what I, it's like, 
Dude, it's not that complicated. You just got to read the manual. There are six things you should do this week. My first thing this week is a watch. I watched it on the plane coming back from D.C. last week. I... I didn't, I, now I don't know what I thought it was, but I know it wasn't what it actually is. Cocaine bear. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, I got to give it to Elizabeth Banks and all the actors. Um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks directed it, of course. Yeah. Um, This movie is funny. This movie is disturbing and it's based on a true story. I had it, well. It's loosely based. It's loosely based on a true story. Yes, yes. Yeah. I thought. I guess I thought this thing was more like a, um, sh- a Sharknado, like Joe. Oh no, 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 no. This is Margot Martindale. Is <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a. This is a lot of really talented people. We're digging down in this fucking whack job of a movie. It's a great movie. Harry Russell. Um, yeah. I. I. It, I it's what a fucking ride this movie is. Yeah, it's great. Oh my god, absolute watch. Highly recommend. All right, my oh yeah, I, I recommend it as well. My 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 first thing is also a watch. It is. Uh, do you have canopy? Um, I have like that's a, sort of like the free, in my patio. No, it's it's a it's if you go to the public library, they have like movies that you can stream, and it's in a service called Canopy, and it's like you know, cool. Doc. I like. I like watching when I'm feeling like, oh, I'm a stupid fucking moron. I can't tie my shoes. I watch some canopy and it suddenly makes me feel like I'm smarter because it's foreign films and documentaries. And I feel like, oh, I'm a smarter person. Well, there's one called Viewer Direction Advised. It's a documentary on canopy by Ben Kaplan from Direction or Viewer Discretion. It's Viewer Direction Advised. Um, here's, here's the, here's the, 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 the blurb. 21 year old Ben is on a journey to follow his TV obsessed dad and explore how television consumption has evolved from one generation to the next where we once had appointment viewing. We now have total independence and it, it, today it can barely bring us together. A household has the individualization of how we watch television fragmented us as a culture. That sounds way more intelligent than the actual documentary is because really what it boils down to is his dad grew up obsessed with the Brady Bunch and he made a living. I know he made a living and continues to make a living drawing caricatures of like 90s, 80s, 60s to 90s sitcom actors. He And he's made a living doing this. Well, his son is now going into television production and his dad's like, I can't let you just go to LA. I got to show you stuff. And so his dad, first he goes to a Brady Bunch convention with his dad, which is its own sucking fucking like what the hell just happened. And then the other is watching his dad as they're going through LA and he's going, Hey, Hey, stop, stop the car. Do you know what that is? It's a house. That's the golden girl's house. Come on, come on. Let's act out the opening. I mean, it's, I, and, but it, it really is just about a father and a son. It's really, that's what this, I loved it. I found it, I found it funny and I found it interesting and adorable. So, viewer direction advised, 
on uh, Canopy. My next thing is also a watch. Um, this popped up. We were watching uh, Murders Only in the Building, or Only Murders in the Building, um, on Hulu the other night. And, you know, it ended, and it's like, you know, up next. It was called Life and Beth. And I was like, I don't know what this is. We'll just let the countdown thing go. Mm-hmm. And this is an Amy Schumer created, written, and she didn't direct all of them, but I think she wrote all of it, maybe. Anyway. Well, somebody, somebody wrote it, and then she took credit for it. Oh, come on. Um, yeah. But Life and Beth, it's a comedy drama. I, I, I highly recommend this. It is. All right. Um, it is very muted in its comedy like it's very dark um but smart and sharp and funny i like amy schumer i think she when she first like broke big she was kind of like the gross out girl stuff you know and i was like it's not for me but fine whatever but i've i've really really come to like her stuff um i think her stand-up is good um her well, I think her stand up was, was I think good. her stand up her stand up is good because it was it was written by really talented uh, people, not her, but yeah. really talented people. She stole jokes. You know she did. You've seen the videos. She stole fucking jokes. So I have a hard time getting over that, but I will give life after Beth. Life life and life, life and Beth. And Beth. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. It, I'll give it a shot. It's funny. It's, funny. it's good. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. My uh, second thing is also a watch. Again, you know, you just get into those rabbit holes. I know you're not a a trekker or a trekkie, you know, (laughs) Um, but uh, on Amazon, yeah, well, that's what they do. That's what they call it. Well, I'm not, but I love my Star Trek. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not going to dress. You know what a trekkie is? No, they call themselves trekkers. They don't like being called trekkies. What? Learn learn your fucking terminology. But the what? Obsessive obsessive Star Trek fans prefer trekker over trekkie. That's not a trekkie is infantile trekking out. Anyway, I'm just telling you what I know. There is uh, a documentary series. It's a little cheesy, but it's super cool. It is called The Center Seat 55 Years of Star Trek. It is narrated by Gates McFadden. And I mean, it is a deep dive into Star Trek from its inception. I mean, things I didn't know. You know who you know who actually financed Star Trek to begin with, who actually paid for the initial episodes and said, Hey, I'm gonna finance this first three seasons. Martin Lando. Lucille Ball. Shut up. Speaking of Martin Landau, she also financed Mission Impossible. Stop. That's why this is, I'm dead fucking serious. Lucille Ball was the one who basically said, I got to own something. I don't own any shows. Desi divorced me and sold me back. Desi Lou, I got to do something. And she financed Mission Impossible and Star Trek, which at the end of the day are two of the longest lasting franchises in entertainment history. So, you got to give some props for props to do. Yeah. And, and and it's that kind of shit that I'm like, I'm watching Gene Roddenberry. I knew a little bit about Gene Roddenberry. It, they really dive into how things were made, you know, that uh, it, it's just a, re- you know, and, and it's not like, hey, hey, here's all the decks of the Enterprise. And here's where, although I do know now where and in the, on the Enterprise set, 
of Star Trek The Next Generation that, yes, the bridge had a toilet. <laughs> I didn't know that. I never knew that. It's like, oh, that's cool. Toilet, that's where, like, the crew and the cast would go? Yeah, like, for like, the, like the people. And the characters. No, the, they have a door that is designated as the bridge toilet, and, and, and they never use it. But it's like they and they say, see, that's the door. That's 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 the head. I'm like, well, I never funny. knew that. That that Picard, Kirk didn't have a toilet. No, nah, Picard. Picard. Kirk yeah, right. He's like, oh, he oh, he held. I want. He <laughs> held it. Yeah, that's right. Right. But Picard, he had his. Own, he probably had a bidet. That's you know because he, yeah, he's a feet that like going to an alien planet. I take a <laughs> three week dump on that planet, <laughs> and Picard is like, wash my butt. Yeah. I must have water in my bottom. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, so I, I like I said, if you like Star Trek at all, uh, yeah, center seat, fifty-five years of Star Trek. I'm having a lot. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun learning like really cool stuff about something that I I still like, and it's making me want to watch things that I shouldn't because I won't watch Star Trek the motion picture ever again because it is it is the most boring film ever made. Yeah, I don't even remember the first one. That's the, you know, it's the V'ger and the bald chick with the pheromones. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible because they tried to make it like 2001 instead of making it like a Star Trek movie. And it yeah. just, it's just long and dull. However, it was super successful and spawned the Wrath of Khan. Yep. Boom. That did. And then we're off to the race. So, yeah. It was like Mojo. Yeah. So this yeah, is fascinating yeah. to me that this, I mean, of course, you're right about this because why wouldn't you be? This is your, world trekker <laughs> is uh -huh. the preferred term trekkie when do you think i was just making that shit up I, yes my entire life i've never heard this that since they don't like being called trekkies since yeah they don't like being called trekkies this yeah is not they like trekker term to serious fans it is seen as a derogatory or yeah diminutive at best when used by non-fan non-fans exactly oh yeah yeah so, trekkers are that's what they want to be called oh yeah that's their term for themselves We've got the 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 R word, the N word, and the T word that we're not. I'm telling not using. Yeah. Oh we're yeah. Not using these words anymore. Not anymore. We'll see what. Well, the thing is that that. Well, no, the thing is what I'm going to do is when I see, um, what I'm going to do is I think based on this conversation is when I want to say a really horror like like if I want to call somebody retarded if I see a retarded person or I want to call I don't really find myself doing this but if I want to call like a black person the n word or if I want to call I know I don't I don't want to but if I do if I ever find myself in a position where I want to I'm just going to call them all trekkies that's what I'm saying my, trekkie please my my last cinch. <laughs> the opinions expressed on the Apecast are Don <laughs> Donson. <laughs> shall not be held responsible. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to cut that disclaimer out. <laughs> this is a read in uh, in the Guardian. Uh, it's an opinion by Benjamin Pogrand. I have long rejected claims that Israel is an apartheid state. Now I believe that is where it is heading. This is a, an interesting, uh, an interesting piece about one of my favorite countries in the world. Um, yeah, man. Uh, fucking Israel. All right, I'll read it. I'll read it. Yeah, fucking Israel. 
my third thing is also read if you don't want to spend the the three dollars to subscribe to the chicago tribune you can just go find this at the gazette extra.com same thing it is by chris jones exactly chris jones what happened to theater in chicago um he it is it is a cry because you know so many small theater companies and large theater companies are just fucking shuttering their doors he's like what the fuck i do think i do think this is his nice way of saying it this made me laugh recent years have also been a time of great social and cultural change demonstrably audiences have rejected much of the post-pandemic programming which is focused on ideologically similar plays progressive artists see these shows as essential acts of both diversification and political necessity and fair enough artists deserve such freedoms but they often have been stymied by the consumption of theater being a stubbornly voluntary act and by attendees not being the audience they hope to reach which is which is a really nice way of saying if you lecture the audience, they're going to stop paying for tickets. Jeez, that's weird. Who would have thunk that? I can't imagine it. But yeah, it's it actually he. It's a long piece. I think it's like sixteen thousand words. It's a long piece, but it's very comprehensive because you know Chris knows his. He knows his Chicago theater, yeah. and he has a lot of reasons. But one of the things I think is most fascinating. We're talking about Taylor Swift. Is the excuse that people, the audiences from COVID, they just haven't come back. Bullshit. They're dropping two thousand yeah. dollars to see Taylor Swift. They've come back. They just didn't come back, back to theater. Come back to you. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's very interesting. And that is uh, that's the podcast, my friends. That's the show. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.